Whether you're on the go with a summer vacation or decide to spend your free time with a staycation, the No-So's got you covered. Relive your favorite era of wrestling with New Gen on a Mission, Wrestling Warzone, Extreme Three-Way Dance, or the Ruthlessly Aggressive Podcast. Keep in touch with the modern era with GC Dub, Clotheslines and Headlines, you know what that means, and Viewer's Choice. Or sit down and nerd out with No Holds Barred, WWE War, or The Wrestler That Was. It's summertime, and the living is easy. Because you've got the North South Connection. North South Connection. In the air left field. Back at the track at the wall. We are tied. Look at this. He's landing for it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I'm throwing a big leg. Over for the cover. He got it. Will you stop? This is Dirty War. JT and Marcus coming at you here for another great episode and the end of another season. Mm. Crazy enough here, buddy. How are you? I'm good, man. Uh, although we've come to the end of the road, uh, I'm pretty happy about it. I've had fun this 2002, 2001-2002 uh, season and uh, looking forward to handing out some awards. Mm. We've uh, covered a lot of ground. We've had some of the best matches in company history, best character stuff in company history. Also, some of the most frustrating things in company mm. history. But uh, what's not frustrating is the show here. So we're here every other Thursday. Uh, this is a simulcast uh, podcast slash video for you. So the video feed is on YouTube, our YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe, like, and leave a comment as well while you're here. And also simulcast in audio format on our podcast app. If you just search North South Connection, it's on all iTunes, Apple, whatever it is now, plus everything else. Wherever you get your favorite podcasts downloaded from, we are there. Everything is at NorthSouthConnection.com and across all of our social media. And on this show, Marcus, it's about as nerdy as it gets when it comes mm-hmm. to tracking pro wrestling, specifically WWF, WWE, 
we do it in a seasonal format. That means we start uh, every year or every season with the first pay-per-view following a WrestleMania in any given calendar year. And it ends with the WrestleMania the following year. So we kind of look at, we go from WrestleMania to WrestleMania, basically. Uh, we've done a bunch of seasons so far. The 0102 comes to an end tonight. We'll kind of talk about where that falls across the other seasons we've done. Uh, we do have one show we're going to cover tonight. We'll get to that in a second. When you think of the concept of war, think of everything as a replacement level entity. Um, so that means if a match is average, we call it a two and a half star match. That's replacement level. Commentary for a professional wrestling show is just fine. Uh, it, it's a, a fine crowd, uh, uh, whatever, you know, not not a good moment, a bad moment is something that happens. Those are all kind of baseline, right? So anything that's better than that baseline gets a plus. Anything below that baseline gets a minus. We net all that out. And that gives us a total score for every pay-per-view. We also uh, we watch every match. We grade every match. We take my grade. We take Marcus's grade. Take the average. And then we go again, plus minus number two and a half, which is our average match score for a replacement level match. So if our combined match grade is three and a half, that match gets a plus one. We tally all that up. That's our match score. So um, I think it's easier to follow as we go, but we're always trying to explain it anyway. Uh, so tonight, though, buddy, we're going to actually before we do that, why don't you tell us real quick what are the categories that we score these in? Uh, yep, uh, we start off with I have to look at my phone. Uh, build followed up by commentary, atmosphere, notable moments of importance, match grades, uh, card structure, rewatchability, and all time matches. And JT, an all time match for us is anything that we both agree is four point two five and above for it to be a plus, and for it to be a minus is anything we both consider to be. 0.75 and below. All right. Let's get ahead and get diving in to WrestleMania 18, March 17th, 2002, from the Skydome in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, 68,237. Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler are our announcers, of course. Uh, the King is back, as we've chronicled over our last couple episodes. Uh, dark match, we are actually a heat match for Kishi, Scotty Tuhati, and Albert. So, worlds colliding as the old two cool boys teaming with the hip hop hippo. It's, it's like a Shikara uh, six man uh, team right there from the old <laughs> trios. Little King of Trios weekend action. Bringing those two teams together. It's Mr. Perfect, Lance Storm, and Test. And they get three minutes on heat with that. <laughs> Whatever. Um, Mr. Perfect's final WrestleMania appearance, I guess, as well in there. Um, so that's your heat match. I think I've told a story, but I don't know if it's even been on this podcast and others, but this is a St. Patrick's Day WrestleMania. There's not many mm -hmm. of those. And this was like right in the wheelhouse, man. In college, in the dorm. We had the illegal box. We had a big party. A uh, bunch of people over drinking for St. Patrick's Day. Everyone losing their mind for um, Hogan and Rock. Just like all the nostalgia pouring in. We'll talk about it. But So I have really cool memories of watching the show live. One of my favorite manias that I haven't attended, but I just watched. It was like, because I, I mostly had watched at home or like a, with a friend. But to suddenly have like a dorm room full of a bunch of guys like losing their fucking mind. Um, and being hammered for St. Patrick's Day was really, really a cool event. Now, do you like your WrestleManias closer to St. Patrick's Day or closer to like a late Easter? <clears throat> I'm more of a like early April WrestleMania guy. This was just cool because like nowadays I probably wouldn't like it on St. Patrick's Day, but in college, that's like a dream setup. Uh, but I would say definitely more like first weekend of April guy for me. Give me like an April 6th, something like that. Mm -hmm. Same. Uh, yeah. Um, all right, so let's dive in. We'll go through the matches and give our grades, and then we'll get into our category. So our openers for the Intercontinental title, 
Rob Van Dam defeating William Regal to win the title. Um, I like this match. I think it's well regarded historically as one of the better openers in WrestleMania history. Uh, one of the better IC title matches in WrestleMania history. It also ends Regal's brief run. Uh, we had the big series with him and Edge that we watched through. And this feels like a little bit of a consolation for RVD uh, after really kind of being dropped out of the world title picture without ever having a shot to be the guy. And we've, I think we've beat that ad nauseum probably where he should have ended up um, at the end of 01. But, I mean, opening the show inside the Sky Dome, winning the IC title, getting a big pop isn't like the worst consolation for him. And we're not going to be talking O2 right now. Eventually we'll get there. But, you know, really cool few right out of Mania for him, too, uh, involving the IC title. So I think it's as good a choice as any for him if he's not going to be involved in the main event picture. Um, you know, I think we fantasy booked this one quite a bit across multiple shows where he could have ended up. But I went three and a half on the match. I'm with you. I went three and a half as well. It is a uh, a pretty decent consolation prize for RVD, who kind of fits the mold of like a, a great intercontinental champion. Um, so uh, eventually when we do cover 0203, look forward to see where he picks up. Um, and Regal was, uh, I feel like the right guy for this. Um, a good clash of styles, but they both somehow complement each other. I think like the, the snug, hard-hitting style um both men were able to find a happy medium there it's only six and a half minutes like it's quick they, it's mm-hmm. a sprint really and it's, it's kind of a nice bookend in a way to regal jericho like the year before also opened the show with the icy belt on the line regal lost that one too he was challenger but um so it's kind of cool that regal kind of gets the open slot both manias in a row during the stretch with the icy belt on the line so uh, we have another title match to follow the Intercontinental title match, and that is for the European title, and it is DDP taking on Christian. Um, I went with a war score of three for this match. Uh, Christian. It's me. Work, <laughs> working his magic again. Um, th- yeah, this was, I think, juiced up a little bit with WrestleMania. I think put this on any other card, it's probably two and a half. But I think with Mania, uh, you know, a couple extra moves being busted out mm-hmm. and the atmosphere kind of boosted this up. I went 275. It was fine. Um, you know, it's a cool moment for DDP. Is his only ever WrestleMania match. He wins the title. So it's kind of a forgotten little moment, I think, for him. Uh, <laughs> it's a bounce back. I mean, he seemed pretty dead in the water in the fall. He's doing the self-help gimmick. I, I hate this. I love Christian, but I hate this era of Christian. Like mm-hmm. the long stringy hair, the crybaby stuff. This is during that where he's pouting. He's throwing a tantrum. Um, I like him and Jericho as the year goes on. But then early 03, Christian, again, is kind of a mess. They're talking about it a lot in the Ruthless Aggressive podcast, which is every other Tuesday here. That's going through the Ruthless Aggressive era. And they're kind of in that time right now with Christian um, in, in the spring of 03 where he's kind of lost a bit. And, and it felt like that here too before they put him with Jericho uh, or the un, well, Un-Americans and with Jericho. But uh, So yeah, this I mean, it's more just like a moment for DDP. And it's cool too because again, it's almost like a little storybook moment for him. His only other WrestleMania was six when he drove Honky to the ring at the pink Cadillac. That was also in the Sky Dome. So that, that was kind of a cool moment. I think they even mentioned it um, that he was there last for that. So I do like that part of it, that there's a little storybook for DDP to get the win. And I'm glad he got the win over Christian here. So, All right, our hardcore title match is up next. Uh, Maven versus Goldust. This carries on throughout the night. It's kind of like a Piper Goldust from WrestleMania 12 <laughs> where we kind of take a break. We come, But this one we come back to multiple times. 
Um, so it only goes three minutes. Goldust has all the gold painted weapons, which is cool. Uh, I think it's a good place for him to be. Like we talked about the fun match with RVD and No Way Out, but he's not going to do much more than that probably right now during this run. So I think sticking him in the hardcore and letting him just brawl is like a good choice. Spike Dudley ends up coming in, pinning Maven. This is still the 24-7 rules ongoing. So Spike leaves this match as hardcore champ. Uh, and then we end up kind of going all through the night with multiple iterations, right? And then I think Spike ends up leaving the night with it, right? Um, I think Maven gets it back. Maven, oh, Maven gets it back, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maven yeah. hits uh, Christian with the schoolboy. Right, so Spike, yeah, Spike comes out... Um, Winning this, but all through the night we get multiple. We get Al Snow on the golf cart. Uh, Crash Holly's trying to do it. Um, the hurricane then we comes get, swinging in. Yeah, yeah. Hurricane comes in and knocks him down. Uh, Mighty Molly wins it at one point, and then I we kind of get we kind of get that cool bump with Christian where uh, he swings that half door, and Molly takes the bu- a great bump <laughs> off the door. So Christian has it for a minute in there, and then uh, Maven ends up rolling up Christian as he's trying to leave um, to retain, uh, get his title back, like you said. So, I mean, all in all, I just I kind of just went, like, two <laughs> like for the whole thing all night. Like, there's some hijinks. I think, again, hardcore is fine for Maven. He's not really going to do anything else at this point. Um, he had the the thing with Taker is going to be his highlight. I think that's obvious. I don't know. I think we got the team with him and Snow coming at some point in here, but whatever. Yeah, one point seven five for me. Um, yeah, it's cool to see Goldust, the Golden Weapons. Uh, you know, I think you see Maven's uh, greenness, which hard to blame him. He's, to- mm-hmm. he's tossed in a spot, uh, pretty rough to to do that. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed. If we were to rate the the entire sequence of title changes for the night you know i'd probably go a little bit higher but uh our next match is kurt angle taking on that big red machine kane um these two had a feud tv i know angle hit kane with like the olympic slam through the the table and put him um put him in the ankle lock and made kane tap and that was like a big focal point of the feud um i went 3.5 and i thought for kind of being a a thrown together match. And like, we've seen this as we've done the project of like, mm-hmm. all right, who are kind of like your guy guys. Right. And there's always a couple people that get left without a dance partner for WrestleMania. And they're like too big to leave off the card to just mm-hmm. be like, Oh, well they don't have anything. Okay. We'll leave them off the card. Like you can't leave angle off this card. You can't leave Kane off the card. So doing a little program, um, you know, this was a, a fine match to kind of, up the stakes as the night goes on. Um, and I went with a war score of three and a half. Yeah, me too. Um, I think you, it's really more noticeable doing it in the season format. Like we do, like how many guys have such a strong season up until the str- the home stretch of mania. Like it's happened every year where it's a guy, one or two guys that are dominant throughout uh, August, September, October, and then suddenly come, February, they're like persona non grata, right? Like we, a big one was eleven, twelve, right? We saw that with a bunch of guys, and like suddenly you get to mania and they're just jammed in. So this definitely feels like, you know, I think it feels like a throwaway for Angle after the awesome year he had, and they're not like they're done with him. He has a great O two. It's just for whatever reason this month they were they were without an idea. I think they could have done Regal RVD. I mean, um, Angle RVD. 
and mm. made it like a number one contender match or something like that. And mm. yeah, I almost think that's better than the IC belt for RVD. And it kind of gives it makes it feel like, oh, here are two top guys from the last season, like battling to see who can get back to the title picture. And then if you want to have Kane squash Regal for the IC title, whatever, maybe then I, or have Regal escape cheat to beat Kane. And then RVD beats Regal the next night on Raw. Like, you could do that. But I just think RVD angle would have been fun. We never got them one-on-one, really. And it could have been, like, a, a real, like, show-stealing opener if you throw that in the opening slot and just let them go for, like, 12 minutes or whatever. Um, so I went three and a half on this as well. Angle steals the win. Uh, what I do love about it all the also, I should say, is the uh, Mirror Universe Kurt Angle tights. You don't get a lot. Uh, he's got the black, black yeah. tights on, and they look awesome. Uh, so that was always one thing that stood out for him in this match. All right. Up next is, I mean, a bit of a classic for sure. It's uh, one that's always synonymous with this mania. And it gives us two straight awesome Ric Flair pay-per-view matches. As the Undertaker defeats Ric Flair. The build to this was fantastic. You know, it started at No Way Out with the pipe, the lead pipe and all that. And it continued with uh, Taker beating the shit out of David Flair. I think one of his rare appearances on WWE <laughs> television beat the crap out of Arn Anderson. Um, so like there was some really cool uh, hype and build to this. And I, you know, it continues Taker's Renaissance. Like we talked about it at vengeance where he turned heel uh, beats RVD in that great hardcore match has the cool stuff with Maven had a pretty good match with the rock. And now here he is just like drunken, badass undertaker, you know, having a bloody brawl with Ric Flair out of nowhere um, has just turned his career around completely after a very rough 01 and 2000, really. I mean, Taker from the King of the Ring 2000 till Survivor Series 01 is like probably the worst year of his career, I would say, when you factor everything in. And this here he goes 18 with Flair. And it's awesome. I went four stars. It's got the all-time moment with the Arn Spinebuster with the perfect camera framing when Arn kind of sneaks in off camera and snaps Taker over with the Spinebuster. Um, it's really also one of the first times they perpetuate the um, streak. Like they had, I think they had mentioned it off and on before, but this is where he really does the 10 fingers for the for the 10-0 when he wins. Um, so like it's the first time he's kind of calling it out. is like, hey, I'm still undefeated at Mania. Um, I'm fine with him winning, like with the push they're giving him. Flair losing doesn't make you know matter really so I, I think this is a really un a very surprising classic that everyone pretty holds holds a pretty good memory about yeah four and a quarter for me um i love this match um flair catches some some good color um yeah the the pipe shot like everything is just on the money um and this heel turn we've seen this season has totally rejuvenated mr undertaker or uh, mark from texas but yeah, he's been money since December. Um, he's just he's really raised his game up and uh he's been yeah, he's been freshened up. Um and also cool to see Flair, who was done, you know, for all intents and purposes. You know, what was the last great Flair match? 99, maybe? And now we've seen at the Rumble now and here at WrestleMania, like he's still got it. Well, um, it, it'll be an interesting chronicle because Chad and I keep talking about this on Wrestling War Zone, right? That's our podcast every other Monday here, going through the Monday at Wars. And Chad's always kind of said, like, 96, when he has a shoulder injury, is the end of Flair. Like, that really was, like, the end of his career, like, his great Ric Flair. Um, so we're going to see a 97 if that holds. Uh, but I think you're right. I think his last great match maybe – was it Hogan uncensored out of nowhere? It's like, really, like, really yeah. good. Yeah. The Super Brawl. The Super Brawl match. One of the two of them. Yeah, it made yeah. Super Brawl. It's, it's, like, shockingly good out of nowhere. 
And I would argue, yes, this is probably his next best, like, great match. Unless, like, he has that fun one. Is it, like, him and... Is it, like, Dusty and Dustin against, like... Is it him and David? I forget who it is in that um, that tag. Like, that's kind of fun. Yeah. <clears throat> but, yeah, I, I would say this is, like... I mean, the Vince match was great, too. So, it's, like, the back-to-back. Awesome. What was not awesome, I thought, was our next match of uh, Edge taking on Booker T. And I'm not even mad about the Japanese shampoo commercial endorsement. It's whatever. Um, but uh, I went 2.75, and it just seems like Edge has been getting these opportunities this season. Um, and he just, except for you know a, cu- a couple matches with Christian were okay, but like nothing exceeds what your expectations are. Um, and this one I thought fell a little bit short. I know they're not, you know, the spotlight's not on them. It's all about getting Edge to win this hometown. Um, but I went 2.75. Like, it wasn't offensive by by any metric, but kind of kind of left you wanting more or just move on to the next match. 2.75 for me, too. The build is whatever. I'm with you. It, it, it never bothered me. It, it's like with the Jericho spilling the coffee on K. Like, it, whatever. It's it, it's stupid, but it's it's, like, not offensive to me. Um, but I do think the, um, I think Booker, you know, is someone like Angle and like RVD that really had such a big season that by this point is completely forgotten. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how you get these guys into a better place on the card. Um, besides these throwaway matches, I guess they kind of harken back to the old days of Mania. We just got like Beefcake versus DiBiase, you know, like two guys that are kind of upper mid card and nothing to do. But I don't know. I feel like this could have been something better. You know, is it like Edge and RVD against Booker and Angle in a in a hot tag? Maybe instead, like maybe that give them like the combined time and let them just go balls out in a tag. Um, maybe something that that works better. I don't I don't know, but um, and I'm with you. Edge has not been super impressive yet with these chances he's had. Uh, I would say really since SummerSlam, the match with Storm was good. Mm-hmm. Um, the latter match with Christian we liked, but otherwise it's kind of been diminishing returns throughout the Regal feud and now with Booker. Um, but they don't necessarily get a lot of time either. Like this is really squeezed in. They get six and a half minutes. I mean, they were kind of put in a tough spot anyway. So, um, all right. Speaking of this media card is such a mess. Like it's amazing how good of a mania it is when you look at just how, you know, stuck, stuck together it is, but it's our two shirts. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Scott Hall. Uh, the build to this is a bit of a mess, right? You got Austin locking him in the beer cooler, throwing the beer on him, peeing on him, whatever, all that stuff. Um, it, it's really a throwaway for Austin, another guy who had an amazing MVP season, perhaps. We'll talk about awards later, but he's a candidate for sure. Hall at this point, you know, one day years ago, he was maybe the straw that stirs the drink of the NWO, but here on this day, he's definitely feels like the third least important guy. And you have Steve Austin, who is your ace, you know, fighting him like five from the top or whatever. Um, I can see why Austin felt kind of felt stuck a little bit by this point now when this is his big WrestleMania match after this amazing run he had. The match is fine. I went three stars, but I don't know. Like, I know a while ago we kind of had a group chat going about the show. We went through all these different permutations, like could you have done Austin and rock versus the NWO? But I, I don't see a world where you want to fuck with Hogan rock. Right. So like that has to stay. So I don't know. I, I don't want to keep using RVD, but 
Austin RVD, like that never had a settle, a settle moment. And what we keep hinting at is like our main event for the world title didn't, that's a match that didn't need to be for the world title, right? Um, and Angle, instead of fighting Kane, is a guy that made way more sense to fight Triple H in a, in a feud or Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Triple H, right? Like that's the two man power trip that never had the payoff. So why don't we do Austin versus Triple H? RVD beats Jericho for the world title in the main event, right? Like, or Angle's your champion, not Jericho, and RVD beats Angle, and he gets his crowning moment. Triple H and Austin have a banger on the undercard to blow off the two-man power trip. Um, and then, whatever, you know, whoever the non-person is in that world title match fights Kane. I, I think there's a bunch of different ways you could have went and made Austin feel as important as he did throughout the season. Because now this feels like your hottest star for the last four years is in the un- ultimate undercard match. Yeah, they're they're in a tough spot because Austin, like we've seen during the season, and we'll we'll talk about it when we get to awards. Um, but I I was surprised with how much of I hate to say this, but how much of an ace Austin still is at this time period. I think you think of the rewriting of history and that oh yeah, Austin's washed after he comes back from the neck injury, and like this season that's not been the case at all. Like he's he's been on a tear, and so I, I think you have to get Austin a WrestleMania win to still take care of your number one biggest star. But, you know, could that have come against Kevin Nash instead of Scott Hall? Right. Is the match any Was better? Nash I hurt, though? I, th- I feel like he was hurt, right? So I I thought I heard the plan was they wanted to do Austin versus Hall because they thought that'd be the better match. But if Hall couldn't make it, wasn't ready to go, they would just swap in Nash. And okay. they didn't want to do a handicap match, again, in case – Hall couldn't go or didn't want to do a tag match because Hall being a liability, then you have to find a replacement. And, you know, Austin Nash would have definitely felt like a better, like a bigger match to me. Mm -hmm. That would have felt like a bigger deal match to me than Hall. Even if Hall would have been the better in ring match, even then we're looking at it. It turned out to be like, okay. Um, I think Austin Nash at least feels like a bigger, like you're getting the top guy versus the foot soldier. Um, you know, and I think the Austin is like washed vibe comes from no way out because it felt like, okay, he's back to just being fate, but he's still super ungodly over. And like, mm-hmm. he was awesome at the rumble. Like, yeah, that one match was kind of whatever with Jericho, but I hate to say it. The one thing he was great in the season, we're going to see it in the metrics, but I feel like in retrospect, Jericho just wasn't the guy for this stretch, you know? Um, and I hate to say, it, cause I think at the time everyone was excited that he was finally getting his moment. And he does a good job. I just hate to keep going back to RVD, but I'm going to beat the drum. Like, I think he's the big whiff in this stretch. Like, he was molten over. He's the guy that should have been here as a world champion or leaving the show as world champion, not Jericho. And you didn't need Hunter to be in the main event. He could have came back and got his revenge either on Austin or on Angle. If you want to have Angle attack him the first night back and then you do a blood feud. Or if you still want to do Jericho with Stephanie, just don't do it for the world title. Right? Have heard Jericho do an unholy alliance to take out Triple mm-hmm. H again, right? There's different, the million things you could have with Triple H that don't involve the title. And then you, I would have done RVD. I would have, I would have done RVD Austin. I just would have had Austin keep the title. Um, and I would have, I would have fought like hell to keep me heel. I know like everyone's ready to cheer him again and he gets a great pop and all that. But as we see, this little face run doesn't do anything for him. So I would have done all I could to keep him as a heel coming out of the invasion and the only reason he's still around is because he's world champion and he could still do the desperation angle with him, right? Where he's scraping to keep 
the world title because he um, he knows if he loses, Vince is going to fire his ass, right? Because mm. he he's pissed at him about the invasion and all that stuff, right? So you know if he loses, he's done. So he he fights like hell. He fights the Rock, whoever you want to have him fight, and you can still do Jericho as WCW champion and have him beat the Rock and just condense the belts after Mania, right? Or at Mania, RVD beats Jericho at the Rumble or whatever. And, and, you know, Triple H wins the Rumble and says, I'm going to postpone my title shot. I want revenge on Kurt Angle for attacking me and, and whatever, or, you know, for making moves on my wife, like, like whatever you want to do, right? And then you do RVD versus Austin, title for title, and RVD leaves WrestleMania with both belts. And then Austin gets fired, but Flair saves him and brings him back to Raw with the draft, right? Like, it, it's a ready-made story, and I think it's a way better march for Austin Triple H gets time to get back in gear before you put the belt on him anyway. Um, and then you get your one title. Jericho still gets his little run in there somewhere. And RVD Austin to me is like the natural feud coming out of the invasion. That, that was like the big, that was a big, in, you know, whatever that, that was what was keeping the, the Alliance going at the end was those two mm-hmm. bickering and everything else. Yeah. And then you, then you make RVD and that's what it should have been because he was super hot and still awesome. Yeah, they're they're so hesitant to crown a guy and make a guy who, who to this day is still on a legends deal. Like RVD, aside from dipping for a little bit and going to TNA mm-hmm. and doing his own thing, he's he's been in good standing with the company. So yeah, um, no, that is, was a chance. It was a chance to make him mm-hmm. megastar. And and yeah, like I said, there's plenty of things Triple H could have done that didn't need to yep. be winning the world title in that match. And he could still win the Rumble if you want to give him the Rumble. Like I said, just have him say, "I'm gonna." You know, Flair goes to him and says, listen, we got to do this title for title thing. At some point, we're doing it at Mania. You get your title match at Backlash. Take care of Angle, and you'll go see a Backlash or whatever. Right? And then you can do Hunter RVD at Backlash for the belt. Well, I went 3.25 for this uh, Austin Hall match. Um, it just – Austin's still Austin. Even I think this is the, low, the lower end of his ceiling, you know, closer to his floor. But um, still good stuff here. But, yeah. Tons of things they could have done um, that I think would have maximized Austin's value here uh, the end of the season. Uh, our next match is for the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Titles, as it is Billy and Chuck successfully defending against the APA, the Dudley Boys, and the Hardy Boys. Um, always have a soft spot for this match for no particular reason, just kind of a irrational enjoyment. Um, so I went with the three. It's pretty solid. Um, Billy Gunn, I think, is a little bit better than you think. We kind of see him up and down the season, got the God pop with the. Um, but yeah, everybody's pretty solid here. Um, and uh, definitely, hopefully, we'll watch the Rewatchability uh, 10 times over is uh, Stacey Keebler uh, with saliva. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Yep. <laughs> 10 points for that. Um, two, seven, five for me in the match, Billy and Chuck. I'm fine with getting here to where we were, but the whole thing was like so convoluted with them not winning it no way out, but then they win the belts anyway, leading up to this, like, you know, Hardys and Dudley's both feel kind of stale. The Hardys are right back together again after being split up. The Dudleys are in their final days as a team, at least for a little while. APA feel like relics in this match. So, this feels like the final 
cling to like the rebooted tag era that we went like where the the second golden age that people consider right like 99 to to about here i would say this feels like the end of that it's like edge of christian are no more the dullies are about to be no more the hardies it's like kind of clear jeff is ready to move on past matt it's just they don't know how to do it quite yet um apa you're done so it's just, it feels like this is like the real end of that golden era mm-hmm. if you f- even feel it was one but um all right so uh like i said two seven five from me on that and let's get to the big boy the rock taking on hollywood hogan and the build honestly was kind of shaky for this one right like we had the semi truck smashing into the rock's car or whatever the hell it was um they do have the big they do have the big stare down right um, before yeah. so that was good but where they make the match I remember being shocked at the time that it what they weren't going with Austin and Hogan. I know what we know now that Austin didn't really want to do it, but I was surprised that they picked Rock over Austin at the time. In retrospect, I think it makes sense, um, especially given where Rock has gone since. It really now feels like the two movie stars going at it. Um, a couple, a couple of celebrities, uh, but I think Rock and Hogan, um, you know, going in, I think you hope like, all right, it's a cool moment. Right. Uh, but we end up getting just an all time iconic match that I, I don't know if they would have even predicted that they would have pulled that out of their ass coming out here. And the crowd fuels it like I don't think anybody was ready for Toronto to turn up the nostalgia machine and just be like 1990 all over again. Right. Like it was right out of Hogan Warrior. In many ways, it's the. um you know godson of that match right like in the sky dome the two gods going at it passing of the torch the two legends they really feel the moment i don't think too many guys besides the rock could have like audible the way they kind of do during that match and let hogan become the face as the match is going on and it feels seamless with the way the rock works um hogan with the broken rib like gutting through it was super impressive and I remember everyone in my dorm watching drunk on St. Patrick's day was pissed when Hogan lost, uh, when he misses the leg drop and, and rock hits the rock bottom. And that's it. Like, like everyone was on full on Hogan mania. And I, I do think it's right around here. that nostalgia mania really takes off in pop culture. As everyone are around our age started to get to the late teens, early twenties, you start to kind of look back at what you liked as a kid. Now it's cool again, right? For a while we were teenagers, it was not cool. Now it's cool again. Um, there was a ton of retro websites popping up during this time period as the web was kind of still in its infancy, like this all, you know, remember this eighties TV theme song. Oh, remember these TV episodes. Remember these movies. Like a lot of that was creeping into pop culture. I think, and I think Hogan was, you know, pulled along with that um, nostalgia train. So I think this, this is right in that wheelhouse as everyone is like just dialed it back. And I also love the synergy at the end where Hogan and rock hug, it felt like Hogan warrior again, like that moment, um, you know, and again, a story I've told before, but I was running the news station during this senior year of college and we taped this and my buddy and uh, my buddy, Chris and I went into the studio, cut up clips of this whole show and he narrated what happened and we aired it on the news broadcast awesome. and we did this awesome transition of like Hogan warrior to Hogan rock and like talked about it. The guy that was like our student teacher or whatever, or our, our teacher, I forget, whatever you call it. The teacher that was involved in like overseeing the news um, made us pull it. Because he's like, you you fucking idiots, like illegally 
recorded this and then you're using it to air like on our school station he's like you can't, you can't have that so it only aired one time and then we had to cut it out of the next airing oh, oh, uh, but i have the original so i still have it uh i still have it here our cut up version it took so many takes for him to narrate we like really were like try to cut the clip the highlights of the whole show together um but that always stood out to me was that moment you, you basically get the face turn, right? Hall and Nash come out and Hogan runs him off. He tells him before the match, I don't want you out there. Uh, and that, that kind of precipitates the face turn. And we'll see where, you know, we'll see where he goes eventually when we come back to, to O203 someday. But for now, we leave with Hogan and Rock standing tall, Rock winning this battle of icons. It's a, it's a five-star match. And there's no way, I don't think there's a way around it. Um, and I don't think it's one you can even say like, oh, the work was like, they worked. <laughs> they worked. The crowd was into it. It, it elicited that moment. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm all in on it. I think it holds up tremendously, especially when you consider, you know, just a year, year and a half before Hogan was like the bane of everyone's existence for that, that group of wrestling fans, right? Everyone fucking hated him at the end of the WCW. We're ready for him to leave. Never wanted to see him again. And now they're all falling all over him in this match. So, um, it's an all timer. Yeah, um, you know, I'm not going to be at the front of the line to praise bad Terry, but I mean, he is in his bag on this night. Um, I think you see what makes him uh, one of the all time greats. And I think the same can be said for The Rock and it's their adaptability. Um, The way, you know, whether you believe it or not, whether they thought the crowd was going to cheer or what the split was going to be or how the match was designed, um, they were in complete control even if the crowd threw them a couple curveballs, um, They never looked out of control. They had the crowd eating from the palm of their hand the whole entire match. Um, it's a, it's a, again, it's another clash of Titans. Um, you know, you may not think of it as such with the rock because he doesn't have that big, powerful style style like ultimate warrior does, but it's, it's the same. It's the same thing. Um, the electricity, the way the the crowd is eating out of the palm of their hands. It's, it's it's a no doubt or five stars for me, um, and and they do work like you said. I think uh, Hogan takes the two rock bottoms. Uh, you get the people's elbow there. It's it's just really good stuff. Um, and then the ending, like you said, with uh, Hall and Nash coming out, and you get the face turn from for Hogan. And uh, we will see when we start o two o three how that plays out with nostalgia mania running wild and how quickly they they're able to pivot and. Uh, you know, uh, I think Vince gets one more fling with his uh, his. Main it's like squeeze. one time they actually read the room and listen to the fans, and mm-hmm. then you could argue it was the wrong wrong call. But <laughs> it's one time they actually were like, you know what, we got to hit it now while it's hot because this might be it. So, yeah. um, all right. So what's right. what's the poor cooler match here after this one? Yeah, definition. It is uh for the women's title. It is Jazz uh, getting the women's title by defeating Trish and Lita. Uh, I went with a two and a half, especially considering what they had to follow. I don't think this match or any match would have stood a chance. Um, you know, the work's fine. It's replacement level. Um, you know, considering what we've seen this season, I think it's on par um, with what we've seen since like Royal Rumble or so. So it, it's fine. It's just in an unfortunate position, impossible to succeed. Yeah, I went two and a quarter. I mean, it's kudos to Trish. Like three months ago is when she really kind of came up, surprised everyone, won the world title at Survivor Series for the reboot. And here she is in the women's title match before the main event at WrestleMania. So that's like a pretty big glow up for her. Uh, I, I I do think she should have won. I mean, she's got the Maple Leaf flag. Like, 
I think it would have helped the cooler spot being stuck here. Mm-hmm. Crowds a little bit checked out. It's a tough spot. Maybe at least give the hometown pop and they wake up a little bit, right? For her. Um, so I, I think I would have went uh, with Trish winning here. So Jazz is victorious and uh, two and a quarter for me. Brings us to our main event. It's Triple H defeating Chris Jericho to win the undisputed title, 18 minutes. You know, I, I think this gets lumped in with the seven or eight bad idea triple h made events WrestleMania history it's kind of the, it's the first one but i think as a match like it's fine i think the story is fine um jericho works the injured leg uh the story of the match should say the storyline sucks we'll talk about that in a minute but the story of the match is fine he's picking apart the quad they're, they're working through it hunter fights off fights off stephanie wins the wins the match it was just like they had no fucking chance after hogan rock and I don't even blame them necessarily for going last because I don't know if anyone would have known Hogan rock was going to be what it was. I do think I would have thought about it a little more deeply and said, listen, Hogan's like always like godly over in Canada and the rock is a, our biggest star right now. Like we probably should close with it, but I get them, you know, they had never not closed with the world. Well, I guess eight, right. Is eight the only one that never closed? With the world title, when the world title is defended, right? So, uh, um, yes. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah, our producer one, one, but, but yeah. both, the title wasn't online. My point is, the world title, when it's been defended, has always closed. And 11, like, 11. 8 and 11, right? Okay. So, this precedent then, like, like Hogan Rock is a big enough match on the LT Bigelow scale <laughs> that it should close. Um, so, I don't think anyone could have expected rock to Hogan to be what it was, but I, I don't think I would have taken that risk. And if you're triple H, you're reading the political leaves. It's like, okay, I should be in the main event. Um, I just won the rumble. I'm going to win the world title, but my match may be better received if it's in the middle of the card if, and not being stuck, you know, 20 minutes after rock Hogan. So it's hurt by that. The storyline is terrible. They completely neuter Jericho coming into this. They make it's the feud becomes Triple H Stephanie. Um, you know, Jericho's dog walking, um, that runs the dog over, whatever the hell it is. You get the whole thing with the wedding. Lucy. Uh, yeah, it's it's just it's it's not a WrestleMania main event storyline. It just isn't the way they go about it. Which is why I still think it should have been Hunter versus Angle in the big blow off. Like just have Angle attack him at MSG. Um, you know, eliminates him at the Rumble. Even you could have done that if Hunter doesn't win the Rumble. You could call back to to Angle, putting the moves. I'd never forgive you for making moves on my wife a year and a half ago. It's led to this. Like this started our problems. Like right, you could bring stuff into it, and and then that would have just been better use overall. Um, but either way, it shouldn't have closed the show. But as a match, I think it's fine. Like I went three and a half. Like I th- I think it's a a very good match. I just think they're in an impossible spot by the end of it. Yeah, or like even if you need Triple H, you need to give him something extra if he's not getting the title, like have him slay both Angle and Jericho in a triple threat match. Um, you know, before we gotta smash him, stack him. Like, you know, mm-hmm. pedigree to both or whatever. Um this I feel like if you've seen this match, you've seen the ceiling for like the triple H main event style match. And I went three and a quarter. And I think there there are better ones out there, but I think I think post quad injury, this is his formula of match, and it's you know slow down, work holds, tell a story, all that good stuff. But like we just we just saw 
the best story of the night be told, like you said, 20 minutes ago. Um, so yeah, it's, it's three and a quarter. It's a fine match. It's a good match, um, by our metrics, but, um, it's not the exclamation point you'd want to close out a WrestleMania with. Right. And I think what makes it almost even worse in retrospect is he doesn't learn his fucking lesson at WrestleMania 25 <laughs> with Sean Undertaker, like a few matches before him again. Um, I think that was a little more defensible because yeah. Triple H Orton was a hotter feud. And I think mm-hmm. if that match is just done differently, it, it's okay. But yeah, yeah. I'm, in, I'm a defense of that match closing. Um, yeah. I, I think Sean Undertaker was a, a perfect attraction style <laughs> semi main event uh, match. But this one, Rock Hogan, there was a, this was a no doubter. This was Albert Pujols, you know, prime of his career turn on one for 754 feet. Like right. this one was gone. So th- there is no doubt about it. Um, yeah, I don't know. How, I, I just wonder how much did that one night, how much did Madison Square Garden mm-hmm. change the course of the No, season? I think this is the plan. No, I, I think him coming back and winning the Rumble and winning the belt was the plan. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Like I, even that big pop maybe justified their decision. But I, I think it was obvious he was winning the Rumble. Like, I don't think there's any doubt about it. I don't know who else Jericho would have fought. I mean, I don't think he was going to lose the belt. But I don't know. I would have done RVD Austin or even Rock Austin, I guess. I'd, again, I hate to lose the Hogan match. But this is like, it, it's the, the part about doing the season stuff like we talked about. Like, this seems crazy. This card is not representative at all of the season we just watched. And I would say most of the season, two thirds of the season is not represented at all. in what we watched on this night, like none of it, <laughs> nothing bleeds through to the show at all from what we saw. Yeah. Completely I mean, different. It, Maybe edges a solo act. Like that's it. <laughs> yeah. It's all triple H from, you know, winning the Royal Rumble to get into the main event of WrestleMania. Um, it's, it's NWO stuff, which started in February. Um, you know, it, it's RVD getting one of many brass rings, uh, without ever really breaking through. Um, yeah, it's just, it's not reflective of the season. I feel like we really, I'll say peaked. We'll see. I know, I know our best show was Royal Rumble, but mm-hmm. I think the overall feel of the show is like SummerSlam, maybe felt You're right. yeah. super hot and just kind of like a steady decline from there. And now we're here. I think so. you can even argue no mercy. Like, I know that feels like the yeah, alliance good, yeah. is kind of dead, but like, you're still red hot with Austin Angle and RVD. Like that felt like it was like okay. I don't know. I still think they could have stretched the, the invasion to Mania. Like I, I'm, I'm not going to get into the full rebook now. Like we, we talked about it enough, but I think they could have dragged it out and, and gotten to Mania some one way or another with it if they would have been a little bit smarter. We talked about throughout the season. Don't don't blow off the ECW thing in one night. Like, like right, there's all kinds of things they could have done to really make it last. Especially if you inject Flair in the NWO. Like it could have easily went went you know to that point. So. Um, all right, so our total match war score is 8.75, so it's a very strong score in ring. Um, I'd say it's toward the top of our in ring shows uh, for sure. So let's see what the rest of the card has to bring, and we'll get to our total score. Uh, so for build, here are the pluses that we felt things that were over replacement level. We gave a point for Christian turning on DDP after DDP helps him. Uh, I'm sorry, after DDP beats the European title. 
leads to the European title and Christian turns on him after all the help DDP had given him. Uh, a point for Maven winning the hardcore title and then kind of being inserted into division. A point for the really good Flair-Taker feud with Taker destroying Anderson and David. Uh, a point for the Hogan-Rock dream match set up in a mega show setting. You know, Hogan talked to all the Dirty F fans, turned on him and ran him out. And now they're back in the Rock. So those are the positives. But as we're going to see this, could be argued that it's one of the worst built manias. And again, maybe we're a little skewed because of the way we're watching the season build up to it. But what are the negatives of the build to this one, Marcus? All right. Uh, we got no real build for the Intercontinental title match. We've got Angle being shuffled to Kane with no real build. Again, like they, they microwaved it with the, uh, the attack through the table and the ankle lock. Um, feels like an afterthought, especially for Angle, who's had an awesome season. Uh, Booker and Edge are, are aimless with the shampoo. Again, it's not we're not blaming the shampoo, but they don't have anything tangible for them to really feud over. Um, we've got Austin dumping beer on Hall. Um, that whole segment, especially now, um, now that we, we know some more details about it, um, is, is a really bad all-time look for the company. And, uh, you know, being fourth from the top, you know, the, the first of their four main events, they just feel lost in the shuffle, um, especially Austin. Tag division with a weird vibe, you know, take out Edge and Christian and sub in the APA and Billy and Chuck. Um, but we still got the Hardys and Dudleys. Um, and uh, what else we got? Well, we got... it's like Billy and Chuck losing a no way out, but they win the belts anyway. Yeah. And then Spike and Taz, they kept the titles through all that and they're not even here. Like, yeah. Why not just have them lose here in the four-way? Take the APA out. We don't need them. Or make it a five-way. It doesn't have to be four. Make it five and put Spike and Taz in here. Like, you gave them the whole run after January 4th or whatever, all the way through No Way Out. They're retained there. And then you have them lose it two weeks before Mania. And then don't even make the card. Spike is in the hardcore stuff. Like, I would at least let them get here as champions. Like, I think that was kind of a raw yeah. deal for them, too. I wonder, I wonder how hurt Taz was. Because I went to the SmackDown before the was it before the rumble i think it was before the rumble i feel like there was like a taz jericho match um and taz was moving pretty rough so i wonder like how banged up taz was if he's done at this point and that's why they had to pivot but yeah but he can't you're telling uh, me he couldn't last two more weeks and stand in the corner like at least let them come out with the belts at mania you know what i mean like i'm not saying he's gonna go out there and you know work a 20 minute classic mm -hmm. like just let him stand on the fucking apron or whatever whatever it is but at least give him his mania moment as a tag champion after you put the belts on him during that whole stretch anyway oh, God, we got more yeah we got more uh we got the stupid mac truck attempted murder uh of the rock um once once you got that stare down with rock and hogan you don't need anything else um no. but they, they try to sports entertainment it up uh with with that attack um we got jericho being uh relegated uh, to Stephanie's uh, B-word and dog murder after being uh, mortal enemies all season. Uh, you know, let the boobies hit the floor and, uh, you know, all the, the derogatory yeah, comments, like, Jess. Yeah, it's like we're three months after all that. And Jericho and Stephanie are buddies. Like, it just, it's, I don't know. We're so yeah, far they, what this should be. We're just so far off of what this should have been by this point. And they're united by their hate for Triple H. Like, and, uh, they can hate um, Take Triple H without being united. They they should have been banging. Like let's just say say what it is. Like they 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 it should have been, been angle. Banging. It just should have been angle. Yeah. Because him and Stephanie at least have a history together. That's what I'm saying. Like mm -hmm. just Triple H angle on the undercard as like a blood feud. You know what I mean? And and he can again bring back the Stephanie angle love. It's established canon, not from that long ago that 
Angle had eyes for Stephanie, you know, have them start canoodling when Hunter's out, whatever, and that's it. You know, Hunter comes back and is like, we're done. Like, we're done with this love triangle. Um, can't, so minus two for that. be vulnerable or, or relatable. Yeah, of course. Yeah, can't, can't have that. But yeah, we went, went minus two for that <laughs> one. And I, I forgot. We should have went minus one. Uh, they have the attack with Austin. He gets like the cinder block to the leg. And then I remember mm-hmm. the next week they taped the wrong leg. That always <laughs> stuck out to me. It's like I, think I was at that. His right leg, and if they wrap up the left leg, I was at that raw with the center block attack. Uh, that was in Providence, and it tells you how like forgettable that build is. I, I always forget that I was even at that raw with that. That's the only time I think I ever saw um, Hogan live, maybe or at least like the NWO uh, was at that raw. Mister Perfect was on that raw, so like it was it was kind of a cool one to go to. But I have very little memory of it because it's such a forgettable time. Um, after such a good season. So that's a negative four overall for Bill. Mm-hmm. So it's for, for what's considered a pretty good mania. And it's going to, we're going to see, it's going to finish well, obviously for us, but like the build is just a mess. You know, they really got lost in the bill to this. All right, let's go to commentary. We gave a point for JR noting DDP was at WrestleMania six, a point for them, both doing a really good job rising to the moment. There was no mania jitters. Uh, creeping into the commentary, which we've seen in past seasons. So I thought they did a good job. Uh, we gave a point to King. He had a really good line. He goes, this is what you need, another cheeseburger to JR. <laughs> uh, a point for JR just really being in his bag uh, with a support for Flair, getting his digs in on Booger Red. That was good. Uh, a point <laughs> for a good Red. discussion. <laughs> a point for a good discussion on Edge's journey from WrestleMania 6 to here. They talk about him being in the crowd in Sky Dome. There's a lot of synergy between 6 and 18, which I've always liked. Um a good point, uh, a point for them doing a good job laying out uh, what Hogan and Rock means all time. They lean into the crowd turning. They don't hide from it. They call it out. And then a really good point, uh, a really good job by JR, a point for this too. He tells the quad story nicely for Triple H. Like he really gets across that attack that Jericho's mm-hmm. targeting the leg. And this could be like the end of his career. It's a little over the top, but I think he at least goes in on helping us understand the storyline of the match itself being the attack, which again makes the dog stuff even worse. Like, if you're going to do Jericho Triple H, just have Jericho attack his fucking leg in the buildup. Like, that's it's so simple, right? He takes a shot at his quad with a bat or something, and now it's like, can Triple H make it to Mania? It's, it's like, it's right there for them, and they just over-engineer all of it. Yeah, or even at the walls of Jericho, which is what they they blame the injury on of, of making it worse. Like, you don't, you don't need uh, Lucy to get ran over. Um, and yeah, JR is on hard sell mode during that whole Triple H uh, Jericho match. Um, for our, our minuses, we've got a uh, quote, and here is that red hot group drowning pool. From JR, <laughs> it just sounds so uncharacteristic. <laughs> the red hot group, it's like he's introducing <laughs> the California raisins or something, like yeah, in a... yeah. Yeah, and um... now the red hot musical act. <laughs> The drowning pool. It's like a fake TV band. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Horny King moaning and yelping during Hurricane's broom erection, which oh that my segment, God. it always comes on at like the worst time. Like whenever I'm watching this WrestleMania, like somebody else walks into the room and I'm like, oh my gosh. I hate, um, that. I hate that segment. King's, King's stupid comic routine uh, takes away from the gravity of Flair. Uh, Flair's beating and uh, yeah. really the whole storyline. He's just too many digs. You can tell they're being fed to him. Uh, we got J- JR's hyperbole in the main event again, way over the top. Uh, talking about this being Triple H's last match and you know the end of his career and you know how he's going to go out fighting. 
Um, it, it's a bit much, but if you're a It kind of cancels like, out each other. Like, I thought he yeah. did a good job telling the story, but then the hyperbole and over the top of, like, he's on death's doorstep was, like, yeah. you know, a little too much, you know? And when he wins the title, I mean, you would think that, that Triple H, like, overcame the, the loaded Gucci bag the way that he's <laughs> screaming, Triple H is down it back out! He's, he's on another level. All right, so that nets out to a plus three for commentary, which honestly, with King back, that's uh, maybe best case scenario. <laughs> like, it's a miracle. They've had way worse with uh, since King has taken over Heyman. Um, all right, here's the big dog. Let's get to atmosphere. Uh, we give a point for the St. Patrick's Day Mania. We talked about that. A point for the use of Superstar is one of the theme songs, which was a great one for this Mania. A point for the strong opening video packages, uh, highlighting the importance of Mania, the top matches, was really well done. A point for the Sky Dome, just looking fantastic. It looks like a Mania venue. Mm-hmm. Uh, a point for the big pop for RVD. A point for Goldust with the gold weapons. A point for the great heat for Kurt Angle. Just the crowd. He's still super over. Mm-hmm. Uh, a point for the Mirror Universe Black Tights of Kurt Angle. A point for the Rob Zombie Edge entrance. A point for Austin's huge pop for everything we talked about. He's still got a massive pop coming out. Uh, a point for the saliva live performance of the Dudleys going hard. And then with Stacy, of course, dancing in the camo is top notch WrestleMania content. Three points, uh, which is our max that we give out for the all time crowd for Hogan and Rock uh, to start to finish was fantastic. A point for Trish in the sweet looking maple leaf, leaf gear. Uh, a point for Drowning Pool playing out Triple H for his entrance. And then a that point red, for Steph. That in red the, hot uh, group. Yes, that red, the drowning pool. And then uh, a point for Steph in the aqua aqua bodysuit. Given given uh, Stacy a little bit of a run on this night, she looked uh, fantastic in the aqua. Yeah, a lot of, lot of all-time looks on this show uh, from the women. Uh, for our minuses, we've got uh, the opening with the long saliva performance of Superstar instead of mm-hmm. America the Beautiful or O Canada, since we're, uh, we're in Canada. Uh, especially with the stacked show and the long opening video package. Uh, we got the crowd being crushed and dejected as Rock finishes Hogan with the multiple rock bottoms. It feels like the the air from the crowd is being driven out with each rock bottom. Um, so instead of like rallying behind Hogan, it's just like uh, like soul crushing. Um, so it ends ends an amazing match with a bit of a uh, down note. And I wonder if Triple H Jericho has a better crowd interaction if Hogan wins that match. I wonder if like the crowd is flying higher after that. You know what I mean? Right. Or are they exhausted? Are they done? Like that's the, that's the last thing. They I mean, they're done either way, so maybe that would at least yeah. like carries over the vibes instead of being deflated a bit. Um, so that's a plus fifteen for atmosphere, which is a massive number for us. Um, all right, notable moments: a point for RVD winning the IC belt, uh, three points for the big debuts. For those uh, new around here for Mania, uh, we usually give a point for like guys, big names that debut at Mania, but we cap at three. So if there's more than three debuts, which there are, there's a ton of this show. Uh, we go, we go just the max of three there. We gave a, a plus three, though, for Hulk Hogan's first Mania match since 1992. It's a big fucking deal. Like, whatever you feel about Hogan, whatever he yeah. felt like at the time, I mean, it's the biggest star in company history at that point coming back for WrestleMania. You never thought it was going to happen. You figured him and his area for done forever. Uh, he comes back and has a monster WrestleMania appearance. It's, it's a three. Uh, a point for Scott Hall's WrestleMania return after 1995. Uh, a point for the hardcore title changes with Maven returning back on top. A point for Flair making his return since 1992. Uh, a point for Undertaker going to 10-0 and for the streak. A point for the only NWO entrance in Mania history. Like it's, I think wow. that's like a notable, um, you know, a notable moment, right? That that 
NWO, WrestleMania. Yeah, not counting the dude's rock run in at uh, WrestleMania 31. Right. But yeah. that's not a real NWO. Yeah, no, it's not a real Black one. and white and all that. <laughs> uh, a point for the outsiders turning on Hogan. Uh, three points for the Hogan and Rock stare down post match embrace. Calling back to WrestleMania 6 was awesome. Uh, and a point for Triple H winning the undisputed title and pedigreeing staff. And this card. I don't mind overloading on Hogan Rock because it's it's like a top five, ten match of all time. So to me, mm-hmm. it's worth all these boom, three here, three here, three. It's yeah. like it's an all-time match. It's the biggest match on this card, one of the biggest matches in main history. That's what our show does. It, it heavily weights moments and importance and atmosphere. And like this is one of the biggest across the board with all of it. Yeah, and it's such a, a great match. I think whether you watch it in a vacuum or you watch it in totality with the the whole show whenever you watch it, it makes it feel like it, like the whole night built up to this and it makes everything you just sat through like even better. I, I feel like, like it, it just, it boosts everything up. Um, for our minuses for uh noble moments and importance, we've got angle Austin Booker feel like they're forgotten. WrestleMania losers after big time, after being big time players all season. So we went minus two there collectively. Uh, we've got the official end of the golden era uh, of tag team wrestling that started in uh, October 99. Uh, we got the big show slumming it around WWF New York. Um, he's such a waste at this point. Probably better than having him on the show, at least, in, in a way. Yeah. <laughs> but still. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we've got Trish losing in her hometown with the uh, local gear on. That made so it's still a plus 12 for moments. Um, I think we could add an RVD to that angle Austin Booker group as well. Even though he wins the IC belt, it still feels like he should have been more. Uh, so all four of those guys are major components of the whole season. Just felt lost come. Uh, mania time all right so we talked about 8.75 for match grades let's get to card structure we give a point for starting hot with rvd uh, a point for stacking the high energy uh, low card workers early while the crowd is revved up so your ddp a christian your maven like get them out of there uh, out of the way early while the crowd's into it and uh, we gave a point for the 24 7 action all night kind of gave a fun chaotic feel throughout that mm-hmm. uh something that you could cut to that was fun to watch and makes it like okay while we're watching these matches this chaos is happening backstage while these guys chasing each other for this belt so uh for our minuses we've got uh booking a wrestlemania uh show without it with an inconsequential austin match um not closing with hogan rock uh we went minus three that's a it's an all time um sticking the poor women in the uh the all-time cooler spot uh the tag match being given more time than needed at that point on the show and uh it, sh- it should have been you know quicker maybe with the weapons you know some some type of sprint that we've seen the just tag do another fucking tlc you could have done that too put spike and taz in there make it like a, a just do another tlc like that's been your your three year you want to end the tag golden era how it started we started with the latter match right if you want to even say wrestlemania 16 was the beginning not no no mercy you could say that WrestleMania 16, 17, SummerSlam, SummerSlam. Like, we've had all these big tag team clusterfuck matches. Like, give us one more to end the era. Hardys, Dudley, Spike and Taz, Billy Chuck. Like, let them just go out and kick the shit out of each other in, like, a crazy match. Yeah. I'd rather even take, like, a, a tag team battle royal. Like, just get as, as many dudes in right. there as you can and, you know, well, You could have put perfect to boss. Team 91 could have been in there. Yeah. Uh, you could have put the hip-hop hippos in there. Yeah, those guys that could have stuck in. Show yeah. could have given him a partner. You know, where's Tajiri? Was he hurt? Like he's not even on the show either. He, I, so I looked up because I was wondering the other night. Like Tajiri just kind of like disappears um, after after December. Yeah, is after Survivor Series. Like he's really not around. So I wonder if he was Maybe banged up or something. I think you could do even Tajiri and Big Show. Like could have been a 
team or whatever. Like what I think didn't they team in one of the pay-per-views somewhere? So they did, yeah. All right, so minus three for card structure. Uh rewatchability is gonna be a bunch here, obviously. We give a point for the cool touches with WrestleMania six and eighteen melding together. Uh we didn't talk about this, but it's a it's an all timer promo with the rock and Jonathan Coachman. Uh, where he makes Coach get down on his knees and pray, and Coach says, "What up, G?" Um, and Rock tears a shirt to mimic Hogan. That, what that's up, a, G? That's a great promo. Uh, a point for Arn's classic spinebuster, super rewatchable. Uh, a point, a point for Undertaker. He punches the ref after the bell for no reason. Just slugs him in the fucking face. It's such a great heel touch. Just no reason to punch him, but he does. Um, a point for the access video recap it was really actually really fun with the fans yeah. and the stars. Uh, Booker T's beating up some kid playing SmackDown. Uh, so it was just kind of a cool time capsule of the era. Uh, a point for Molly with the half door bump. We talked about that earlier. Uh, a point for Hogan calling Rock Meatball as he's beating on him. It's, it's kind of a cool Thunderlips callback. It's almost like Hogan blacked out and is mixing up Rock with Rocky <laughs> as he's beating the crap out of him. Come on, Meatball! Uh, so that was cool. And then a point for Rock just effortlessly switching his offense and going full heel as the crowd starts to turn them throughout the match. Just something you're not going to get out of, especially these days, but out of many wrestlers that in that stage to go off script with 60,000 people um, in that big of a match and just like smoothly just oscillate your positions. Like it's not easy. And they did it mm-hmm. effortlessly as, as you could do. Yeah. Uh, for our minuses, we've got Christian's terrible uh, mimicking of DDP with the smile uh we've got christian's tantrum as well um a lot of long live music um i could have done without tear away by drowning mm-hmm. pool that's the one that i would have took away because they end up doing triple h's entrance so i feel like you don't need to see them twice um and then you got the hurricane barely touching spike uh when he swings yeah, in terrible. with the, <laughs> the the rope um it's a cool yeah. idea to make him do like the superhero attack but like he barely yeah breezes by him and he beats him and was done. yeah and i would have thought that would have been a pre-tape so they could actually like <laughs> shot right but hit him with something doing, just like come it. in with a chair or whatever you're doing there or something you know so that's a plus four for rewatchability we only had one all-time match it was hogan rock uh flair taker just came up short because i went four on it that would that was close no bad uh so that gives us a total war score of 36.75 so, Marcus, that puts it as our fifth best show of all time. Just nudging out over Rumble 05 uh, at 36 and a half. It is below SummerSlam 1999 at 38 and a quarter, which is tied with SummerSlam 1992 at 38 and a quarter. Uh, so it's it's nestled in there nicely as our fifth best show. I don't think it's a surprise. I, I mean, I think, you know, it's it's a lot on the back of Hogan Rock and also the crowd. Like the big categories were atmosphere and moments just crushed it. So um, I don't think there's like a bad case for it to not be a top five. When you look at the construct of our setup, I think on most mania lists is probably more in the middle. I would assume when you, if you're just ranking purely WrestleMania it's like, I have to look back at no holds barred and see where Aaron and I had it just based on that system. But in this system that focuses heavily on moments, crowd vibe, atmosphere and all that. You know, Hogan Rock just did yeoman's work carrying this thing. Yeah, yeah, they really boosted up. I I felt like this was a top five show watching it. Um, and yeah, I, I think the company of being with SummerSlam 99 and SummerSlam 92 makes a lot of sense. I think it's especially a good comp with uh, with SummerSlam 92 because those both have like two great matches. 
in this one you have um you have rock austin obviously and or uh, you have rock hogan and um and you also got a uh, taker flair which i think helps a lot um yep. and and the rest of the card like as low as we were on it i mean we didn't have much that was below like 2.75 um no. i think the hardcore match and the, the women's match but even that was fine i mean nothing was bad yeah. uh all right producer tim i believe has our top 10 why don't we throw that up before we get to our awards here we can look at the overall top 10 shows i mentioned a few sprinkled in there when we were kind of talking about where wrestlemania fell i think he's loading it up here so we'll give a second but um uh, all right here we go I can't see all the graphic. Yeah, we'll let but... Tim mess with that first. Oh, there we go. Oh, look at that. Okay, sweet. We're so used oh, look at the fancy it's like, I think it's an easy w. switch of a graphic, and we, we suck at it. That's... It's a beautiful graphic. Um, yeah, it's wonderful. All right, so if you're watching a video, you can see our top 10, but Marcus, why don't we read them off, uh, starting with number 10. Heck yeah. Thank you, Tim. Uh, number 10 is a Backlash 2001 with a war score of 29.25. Number 9, Royal Rumble 2016 with a 32. Hmm. WrestleMania or WrestleMania 21 comes in at eight with a 33.5. Uh, SummerSlam 2015, just above that at 35.25. The SummerSlam 2005 with a war score of 36.5. WrestleMania 18 uh, is our fifth place show, 36.75, and only two WrestleManias in our top 10, which is interesting mm. to me. Uh, coming up at number four. It is SummerSlam 1999 with a 38.25. Tied with that in third place, SummerSlam 1992 with 38.25. And I believe it gets a tiebreaker due to Brett Bulldog, right? Uh, we've so, got SummerSlam. <laughs> Mr. Hitman. we got SummerSlam 2001 uh, as our second highest rated show with a war of 39. And our number one show of all time from this season here, Royal Rumble 2002 with a 44. This is a big season, Marcus. I mean, we got three of our top five shows all mm. time are from this season. WrestleMania 18, SummerSlam 01, Rumble 02. Uh, I, we're clearly SummerSlam marks. I mean, I guess five of our top ten are SummerSlams, two WrestleManias, two Rumbles, and then the lone backlash. Uh, so SummerSlam for us has delivered most of the seasons. We'll see if that holds. Could just be an anomaly that we watched a bunch of great summer slams so far. Um, so we'll see if that continues. But a lot of stuff happens for us at SummerSlam. Yeah, it's a a big time happening show, and we'll see if that continues when we start our next season, JT. All right, let's get to our awards uh here to wrap things up. So every season we do some baseball style inspired awards. Uh, let's run through those. So our MVP is is one that you and I vote on together. I think there's some good contenders, right? Like we talked about them, but we both agreed Steve Austin is really the best, the guy we enjoyed the most throughout the season. I think RVD had a case. I think Jericho had a case. When you look at his kind of rate stats, like mm -hmm. match grade and title matches and main events, like Jericho had an awesome season. Um, I'd say those are probably the top three for me. And Angle, like those, those are the four guys I think that really batted around. RVD, Angle, Jericho, Austin. Yeah, Jericho had a fantastic season. I think if this was almost any other season, I think Jericho would have got it. But Austin is still that dude up until the end. Um, it's iconic. Just, it's an iconic yeah. run. It's it's one of the best character year. I mean, we saw it in the draft. You know, Olds Bar a while ago, right? Like when we were drafting the best wrestler years. Like that was one of the first ones that went. Um, it's it's an iconic character run, in ring run. 
And we didn't even talk about some of his best stuff. Like it was on TV. <laughs> this is just pay-per-view. And really the only down matches he has are the last two. Like other than that, he's he's pretty great. So he carried the whole season. Our silver slugger is the highest average match grade, minimum of three matches. And for us, that was the rock at 4.14 average score. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Chris Benoit was close, I believe, um, to being our top guy, but the rock and Shane McMahon <laughs> actually uh, finished with an average score of a four. So rock and Benoit finished just below the rock. Uh, I'm sorry. Benoit and Shane finished just below the rock. Uh, Kurt angle. If you round up, he was pretty much at a four as well. Austin right below him. Uh, RVD at a three, nine, six, and then Jericho at a three, nine. So we had one, two, three, what? Eight guys. One, two, three, four, seven guys that were like a three, nine and above average crash grade, which probably got to be one of our highest seasons. So yeah, I think, I think all, but this season and two others, that would have been good enough for MVP. Mm -hmm. Um, that's yeah. So a very strong in ring year. Um, and you know, all those names you just listed, including Shane, um, you know, they're, they're all big names in the company. She got carried in on a couple of those, like the survivor series made a van and stuff, but whatever. Yeah. He was fine. He 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 earned it with that kick of the ring, man. Yeah. (laughs) True. Um, do we give that, we give that, if we had like three, five-star matches this season too, right? Did we give that a five? That's a fiver, yeah. That was we gave five. Austin Angle a double five, and then That's we gave Rock Hogan a double five. We, I know. guess we're going to have too many seasons with that either. Three fi- three double bag five-star matches. No. Um, that might be the record. All right. Uh, so next we have our Vin Scully, which is our best announcer. I mean, no surprise here, right? Paul Heyman. Um, you know, I think we talked about JR a little bit. Um, he carries the, the year in the, uh, the play-by-play position, but we felt Heyman's impact when he was not on the shows. Um, that was a big thing. As soon as he left, yeah. the commentary went the shitter. He was fantastic. Even that one show with Cole, the UK one, where it's mm-hmm. like Cole was terrible, but he was carrying it. Um, he was so good at getting the invasion stuff over without him, you know, people malign the invasion as it is. And imagine if he wasn't on commentary carrying the stories and hyping the guys and all that, like, and he's great even before the invasion. He's awesome. in mm-hmm. in April, May, June as well. So, uh, the Mendoza award for the lowest average match score. We have a tie of Stacy Keebler and Tori Wilson, uh, with a, with an average match of two, which actually isn't that Pretty bad. Good. We've had, we've had ones that were much worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, whatever, there weren't a lot of contenders, uh, Trish finished just above them at two, three, five. I think big show was in the mix, but, uh, DDP got saved a little bit toward the end. Um, some of these guys get saved by being in those big multi-mans like big show was in the survivor series that helped. So there wasn't a lot of bad Matt. I looked at our grades and like, we weren't lower than two and a half on a lot of matches. No, very, again, very strong in your ring or very strong. year in ring. Yeah. Uh, okay. Our LVP, this is where we went big show. He's such a fucking waste <laughs> this whole season. Like, this is a guy that was involved in both companies, could have been a player on either side. And as usual, he's bouncing back and forth. Vince has called him double trouble shit on a stick with Billy Gunn. Like, like the whole thing is just a wash. He, he's terrible at Survivor Series. He's at WF New York half the time. He's in random tags. Like, he just does nothing. And he could have been a big player, a guy that had extensive work in both companies that should have been a monster. I mean, he should have just been with the Alliance, like, and and been like their beast, but they just had never have any good positioning for this guy. You could take him completely out of this season, and the season is 
better off for it, mm-hmm. if not the same. Um, and like, you know, you look at the, the people he gets compared to. The, I don't think you can do that with Andre the Giant in any year. I don't think you can do that with Undertaker um, over the course of a full season. So, you know, what what gives yeah. with, with Big Show here? So, you know, he's going to have a better uh, 0203, but mm-hmm. um, this is definitely a, a maybe the lowest point of uh, his WWF run. And he was our LVP for 99-2000. Mm-hmm. And I know 2000, 2001 wasn't great either for him. So he's got a pretty rough, like, first three years in the company overall. Uh, best individual performance we were with Hogan at WrestleMania. We talked all about it. Like, I mean, we, we bandied about Austin and Angle at SummerSlam. Uh, Austin, uh, Angle and Shane at King of the Ring, perhaps. Rock here was great, too. But Hogan just turns back the clock and shows up. Yeah. And, again, just, like, with how much... Hogan and Rock, and especially Hogan, helped boost this whole WrestleMania 18 show up. I think it's got to go to the Hulkster. Bad Terry, as I like to call him. Rookie of the year, I don't think we even had a discussion. I mean, it's nope. it's RVD. <laughs> like it's, nope. it's it's as easy as a guess. He's fantastic. He had, you know, for our stance, rookie of the year means you weren't on any pay-per-views before the season started. He he fits that qualification. He's tremendous throughout the whole season. Yeah. Um no conversation needed. Um, you know, could have a couple, couple of things uh, go his way. He could have been MVP as well. All right, we got a couple of uh, kind of counting stats. We got most main events. Steve Austin had 11. I don't think that's a surprise. And again, kind of why I picked him for MVP. He's the dominant force throughout the season. Uh, Chris Jericho had the most wins, 10 pay-per-view wins in the mm. season. So he has a great season. Like, And it's not just at the end where they finally give him the belt. I mean, he's he's stacking wins even leading up to that throughout the year so uh most title matches was austin as well he was in 10 title matches and uh obviously again it's his season uh most matches lost was jeff hardy uh he lost a couple to rvd lost a bunch with the hardys had a kind of a down year they they lost almost every match they win as a team um the only one he really ends up winning i think is against matt (laughs) when they fight at uh at vengeance so vengeance and there might have been one with the hardys win somewhere early but otherwise a down year yeah, sneaky, sneaky down here for uh, both Hardy boys. Yep. Uh, best crowd, we we went back and forth again on that one, but it's WrestleMania. I mean, the, the crowd for Hogan Rock is amazing. We saw the points. We we talked about Rumble. We talked about No Way Out had a great crowd in Milwaukee. SummerSlam was a great crowd. Like, you know, we had some really good ones throughout the season, but but Mania, this Mania is known for the crowd. Yeah, the power, the power once again of uh, Rock and Hogan. All right, let's get to our all-star team. Here's our top five performers of the season. Stone Cold Steve Austin, Kurt Angle, Chris Jericho, Rob Van Dam, and we ended up going Paul Heyman. He's such a big part of the season, both on commentary, as a mouthpiece for the Alliance. I mean, he's just a stud throughout three quarters of the season. So, yeah, he's missing for the last few months, but no one else really jumped out as, like, someone who should have been in there. You know, Booker falls off toward the end. Like, I think he had a shot. Um, but I, I think Heyman just was dominant. He's, he's such a presence. He's on, he's on every pay-per-view, all pay-per-view, you know, it's like, he's just, he's there constantly. Yeah. I think we'd even talked about edge. Um, Cause he's kind of in a high profile spot all season, but it's Heyman. You, you take Heyman off of one show, two shows, three shows, and you really feel it. Um, you, you miss his presence, uh, which is, you know, more than you could say for, for edge or anybody else that we talked about uh, for that yeah. fifth and final spot. Um, I will run down our all loser team. Yep. Uh, as we've got uh, the big slow, 
DDP. Our boys Chronic. 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 <laughs> it's uh, almost unfair because they only had the one match, but it was still bad they got fired. <laughs> like it's it's an all-time bad one. Uh we've got Jerry the Stupid King Lawler and Stephanie McMahon uh filling out that fifth spot. Um we had a hard she gets time. A lot of, yeah, we had a hard time because again, it's it's a, it's a great year in ring, uh, a lot of good stories. Um, but Stephanie, she gets a lot of airtime this season, a lot of screen time, and I think other than like maybe kind of being professionally slash emotionally into Rob Van Dam, I don't think she had my interest at any other point this season. No, I mean it was dumb to make her the face of ECW. Like it just it just was. Like it was unneeded. It was shoehorned in. It should have been Shane and Stephanie running WCW and then Heyman is the ECW guy. Like I think that would have been fine. Um the Jericho stuff is just all time bad with the two of them with the wedding and all that. Like this yeah, it was, it was tough. Like we really did struggle because there wasn't that many bad people components on this season. Like we liked a lot of um wrestlers and Managers and everything else. I mean, King was terrible. Complete downgrade from Heyman. So I think he earns a spot easily. Um, and then, uh, like, we were talking about DDP, Big Show, Chronic. So, all right. So there's your yeah. awards for 2001-2 season. Um, I mean, it was a great season uh, for sure, Marcus. Any final thoughts? I just want to say Stephanie also ruined uh, Rock Jericho at No Mercy for me being a full five stars. So. Um, but as final thoughts for the season, um, this wasn't going to be hard to top. I think I had a blast watching the season. It wasn't just nostalgia glasses. I mean, the, the in-ring style and intensity is, is way turned up this season. Um, they lose their way a little bit, um, after January, but they, they still finish the season pretty, pretty strong with the top five show for us. Um, all time match with rock and, and Hogan. Um, and, and you can see, I think you can see things starting to unravel a little bit uh, in the fabric of the company. And it's going to make for whenever we get to it, a, a pretty interesting uh, 0203, or as Jake's talking about on uh, the Ruthless Aggression uh, podcast. Um, you know, he's, he's covered that year already. Um, but yeah, I had a blast. I really liked it. And, uh, you know, it's, I think it's going to be hard no matter what season we pick next. Uh, it's going to be hard to follow up the season. We had 14 shows, which is pretty high for that era because of the two UK. Um, but it was uh, our highest by far total war score. So just flat out add every show up. It was 365.75 points. Our previous high was 25, uh, 25, 2015-16 with 287. So Jeez. it almost had 100 more points than our previous Shattered. high. On an average, it's 26.1 average, and that's easily our best season. Our previous high was 92.93 with a 22.9. So, I mean, it blows away any other season we've done so far easily. Um, our best season that we've covered here on Warren. Uh, I give you a quick rundown of our other ones. We did 9, uh, 85, 86. Average war of 4.5, 94.95 with an average war of 5.6. Uh, 11.12 was an average of 10.2. 2004-2005 was an average of 12.6. 1999-2000 was an average of 17.8. 2015-16, uh, an average of 19.2. 2016-17, an average of 
2014-15 NXT was an average of 20.6. 18-19 NXT was a 21.3. 92-93, 22.9. And 0-102, 26.1. So Marcus, we've officially done 10 seasons now. So that's a pretty good sample size. And the spread in total war average from our top to our bottom is 22. So that's pretty good. That's an average score for a show. So that's, that's a pretty big gap. What do you think about um, the spread in our show? So... That'll do it. Hopefully everyone enjoyed this one and feels like we did a WrestleMania 18 justice uh, and this whole season justice. It was a, a super fun one. Uh, you know, with every bit of happiness comes a grain of salt, as one idiot once said. Uh, so I think our next season's probably going to be a little bit tougher uh, to get through from this one. But we'll, we'll save that surprise for you for two weeks' time. Be sure to check out everything at NorthSouthConnection.com. We appreciate you, as always, uh, watching and listening and sharing feedback and leaving reviews and rating us and sharing us and all that you do to keep us going here at the North South Connection. I want to thank producer Tim for the cool graphic and everything else he does. Until then, continue to live your life above the place you love. I am the threat that is so real. Through the blood and the sweat, the pain you will feel.